0: Turn with me to Romans 12 and verse 3 Romans 12 verse 3 Confirms that very very clearly Romans 12 3 says like this For I say through the grace given to me To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now here's the phrase. As God has dealt or given. As God has given or dealt to each one, what? measure of faith. Everybody has a measure of faith. Every one of us has a measure of faith. It is according to our faith. Let us rise up and do what God is calling us to do. If you will believe, the Bible says, all things are possible. If you will believe. Now in this in this in this one verse this Paul also wants us, he says, listen, be serious about this. He says, act according to the measure of faith that was given to you. Don't overestimate yourself. By being emotionally moved to do things. Don't do that, Paul says. I warn you, and, and, and don't say it's faith. No, you are emotionally moved. He says, listen, listen, be, be sober. Be careful to understand that you have a measure of faith, but in using that measure of faith, he says like this. He says, don't be just emotionally moved by doing things. Don't be boastful in doing things. Do it according to what God has given you to believe Him for and you will see His glory and His power and you will experience His grace, His love and you will know that we serve a great and a wonderful God. Now how can we lose this faith? How do we lose faith? The faith that God says He has given to each one of us. Can we lose that faith? Yes, you can lose your faith. Because that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to come and take away the faith that God has given to you. The measure of faith that God has given to you. Satan wants to slip in and try to take that faith away from you. To make you think you you can't make it. You can't do. you, You can't believe such a thing as that. Now, how does he do that? I want to suggest at least three. Number one is this. Have you heard people say, Well, you know, I'm just fated. I'm what? Fated. F-A-T-E-D. Fated. You pick up the newspaper sometimes and you read some bad situations and so on and so forth. And the person who's going through that bad situation say, well, maybe I'm fated. He's fated to die that way. It's his faith. How many of you know that that's how the enemy steps in and robs you? And tells you, you are fated to be a loser. You're fated to go this way or to become like this. You can't change. It's your faith. Listen, God tells us very clearly in His Word that His plans for you is to succeed. Well, it's fated that I have such kind of children. It's fated that this is the kind of occupation that I have. I'm just fated to be like this. Listen, rebuke that. Because, you see, that hinders you from rising up and saying, God, you gave me faith to believe that I can do what you say I can and not go on the basis of being fated. And then there is a second area that, or second thing that robs you of your faith and that is an attitude of what? K sera, sera. Whatever will be. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to say it, but you don't want to say it. Uh, It is like that. No need to change a lot. Just uh, ride with the tide. Go with the flow. Too troublesome. Just, just, just let it be. K, sera, sera. The enemy has very devious. Sometimes common sense says to you, Yeah, you know, what's wrong? And then the third, He plants doubts into you. He says you can you can be like this or you can do this or you can you can you can accomplish this you 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 can produce this and then it says well are you sure who do you think you are and then he tries to put doubt and fear and makes you think that you can't make it Let's look at a couple of examples in the Bible. I'm going to use a number of biblical illustrations here because you see, the Bible tells us this. Faith cometh by and hearing. Yeah, not gossips. Hearing what? The word. That's why you need the church. You need a church that preaches the Word. You need the church that that brings the Word to you. Why? Because faith comes. Faith strengthens the measure of faith that is within you. Faith comes as you listen to the Word. Whenever you say, Pastor, I just don't have faith. What shall I do? Go to the Word. Go hear a sermon. Pastor, I don't have faith. Well, don't use that as an excuse not to believe. Go to church. Church that preaches the word. Church that you can hear God's word speaking to you and telling you. You can change. You can do it. You can be what you so desire. Because what you desire pleases God. And the Bible says he will grant you the desires of your heart. Somebody say a good amen. I thought I'm preaching good, but nobody is helping me here. <laughs> Doubt. Well, turn with me to, that, to a biblical scripture. Will you give me that scripture? Where is it found? Matthew? Mark. Mark 11. Look at, turn with me to Mark 11, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dry up from the roots. Verse 21, Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, saying, calling him master, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. Look, surprise, amazed, look, the fig tree which you curse or rebuked has withered away. Why? Because Jesus went to that fig tree the day before and he wanted to pick the figs, but there was none. You see, when you're supposed to be what you're supposed to be and you're not being what you are intended to be, you're not a blessing to anybody and it's not worth. So Jesus rebuked that tree for not being what it's supposed to be doing. It was a season. It was, it was a time for its season. It was not producing like it should. And he rebuked it. And what happened? The tree dried up and, and Peter Remembering what Jesus did, said to said to, to Jesus, Rabbi, look. Look what? The three which you which you curse has withered away. Verse twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have what? Faith. No, not not no, not just have faith. Have faith what? Faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed into the sea, and does not doubt. Can you see how you can lose your faith? Jesus tells us, when you doubt, doubt brings fear. There's not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he who he will have what he, whatever he says verse 24 therefore i say to you whatever things you ask when you what pray and don't stop there pray hand. there are many of you you are praying there are many of you oh pastor i've been praying yeah but have you been believing have you been putting legs to those prayers and acting on those prayers that you've been asking God for? You pray. Believe that you receive them. You will have them. Believe and you will have them. Now let me, let me say this. Now sometimes we, we, we say something like this but you know, Pastor, my, my faith is not so big as your faith. I, I, my faith is so small. My, my faith really, you know, can, can do this kind of things. And sometimes we blame the, the measure, the size of your faith. And we say, I, I, I don't have your kind of faith. Listen. That's exactly what the apostles came to Jesus at one time and said to Jesus, "Jesus, will you please increase my faith because I don't have that that kind of faith like you have?" And you know what? You know what Jesus said to them. Turn with me and see what He said to them in in Mark, in Luke, uh, chapter 17, Luke 17, Luke 17:5. 17, Luke 17, 5 says this, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Now listen to what the Lord said. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a what? How many of you know what a mustard seed is? There was a time in in one of our fundraising moments, we we shared and challenged you to, to... to have a, have faith like a mustard seed, and we had a little keychain. I don't know whether any of you still have that keychain. It's a white little keychain with a logo on it. I don't know whether any of you remember. And in the middle of that white plastic uh, keychain, you know, we we put a, a, a mustard seed there. Pastor Peter, am I correct? There was there was a dot there symbolizing a mustard seed there. Small little. If if you will remember, a mustard seed is. Is one of the smallest, the smallest seed that you can ever find. And if you really want to take a good look at a mustard seed, you got to bring it real close. And if you bring it too close, your breath would blow it away. That's how tiny and small. You've got to bring it so close. You better, you better make sure when it's that close, don't breathe. Just quickly look at it and then take it. <laughs> and what did Jesus say? Jesus said like this, If you have faith, like a mustard seed. He, he didn't say little faith. He, 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 he illustrated what, what how the size of that. He says, listen, I'm not telling you little. I'm not telling you small. I said, like a mustard seed. Why? Because that's the smallest seed that you can find. Don't dismiss Satan's deceptive ways to tell you the problem with you is you don't have the right size of faith. Your problem is not what size faith you have. Your problem is believe with the measure of faith that he gives you. Let's look at another illustration and see how we can overcome. Mark chapter 5 verse 22 If you're still with me, say an amen. Amen. No, I don't think you're with me. If you're still with me, say an amen. amen. Mark 5, verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him. And throned him. I'm going to jump down because I want to stay with this story. So come down with me to verse 35. Same chapter. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. Who said, your daughter is what? Dead. Therefore, why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be a what? And then what? You see, doubt will rob you. Doubt will stop you. Doubt initiates or creates fear. How many are sitting here this morning and you know there are things in your life and and, and you're saying, but, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I I just, I don't think it's possible. What did Jesus say? Do not be afraid. And the key word there is only. Your faith crosses out when it is not only. Only. When you've got fear and at the same time you want to believe, it crosses, it nullifies faith. When you've got doubt, when you're saying, well, I'm fated. When you say, K sera, sera, you immediately cross out faith. It takes away God's means of declaring his love, his grace, his power in your life. And that's exactly what the devil wants. And that's exactly how he works in the hearts and lives of people. Putting doubt. Tell them to say, it's a case, Sarah, Sarah situation. Tell them you're just faded. You can't change. You're born that way. There's nothing you can do. And Jesus says, Only, 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 only. I say that as an emphasis. Verse thirty seven. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. You know it's very, it's very important when you're walking in faith and living in faith and believing in faith. Surround yourself with people of faith. Somebody say amen. When you go out and you go and mix up with all these people who are critical and who who talk, you know, who don't have the faith and they say all kinds of things. Oh, you know this. What did Jesus do? He put the others out and he said, Peter, James and John, you come on, you come with me. And then when he got to the house, he said to the father and mother, you come with me. The rest of you stay out there because I need people of faith like me who can stand and believe God, who can do what he says he can do. Who are you surrounding yourself with when you're walking with faith? Who are you fellowshipping with when you're doing things of faith? Who is it that you're sitting down and having your tea, your coffee, your lunch, your breakfast, whatever time that you spend fellow? Who are you fellowshipping with? People of faith or people who can know, who people who can only criticize. then you don't want to say, my problem is my faith. And you say all kinds of humanistic reasons and basis. Verse 38, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a, mo- and saw a tumult. And those who were we- those who wept and wailed loudly. You know, it's so true, isn't it? something bad happens you have everybody coming but when you are victorious and when you are riding and when you're when you are really seeing the blessings of God you know very few people will come around and commend you verse 39 and when he came in he said to them why make this commotion and and weep The child is not dead. Do you see how faith speaks? What did he say? Child's not dead. Why is the child not dead? Because faith says the child can live. Somebody say amen. Speak faith. I'm going to caution you here. I'm not saying say something God has not said and just say say it many, many times and you're going to have it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you say what faith tells you to say. Don't say what you want to say. And what you think or desire to say. Say what you know, what God has put within you. And Jesus knew that that child should live. And so what did he say? She's not dead. She's what? Verse 40 and they what don't be surprised when you when you act in faith and live in faith and do things of faith you get criticized don't don't be surprised and sometimes some of the criticism doesn't just come from unbelievers some of the criticism comes from the very people you think are spiritual people and and they and it comes from them don't be surprised they criticized him laughed and said what a fool look at this man he doesn't even know doesn't even understand he's not normal how many of you know when you move in faith many many times you move in a different realm that God gives you and you don't look very normal to the normal people you're a stranger stranger Verse forty one. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita Kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, Arise. Verse 42. Immediately the girl arose and walked, and she was twelve years old, or twelve years of age, and when and they over and they were overcome With what? Great excitement. Great joy. And you notice that every time when faith is finished, people praise God. People don't praise the person who has the faith. People praise who? God. Now that's the faith. That God has given to us. The faith that brings glory to God. Not glory to the one who exercises it. But the glory to the one who has given the faith. Somebody say amen. Man has that wonderful privilege. Only, only believe. Let's look at another one. Matthew chapter 14. Turn with me very quickly. I'm bringing this to a close already. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter came out, came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. And when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was a what? Come on, speak. He was what? And you see what happens. He was afraid. And what happened? Faith went out the door. Faith leaves. He was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord save me. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, oh you of what? That word little faith is no faith. Why? Fear took the faith out. I challenge you this morning, church. God is giving you a divine kairos time to believe. And for you not to respond and for you for to not to give you this opportunity would be a folly on my part. I'm failing God. The church is failing you to see God's way of bringing you into a miraculous experience with him. This morning, it's your choice. It's your liberty. Nobody nobody needs to feel. To me, it's an opportunity. It's a privilege given to you to participate. And it's up to you. It is a divine, kairos spirit. It may never come back again. And God is doing this because he knows you. And he knows your situation. And he says, I want to do something for you. Have faith. Do what I ask. And the blessing of God will be outnumbered. Fear, fear, doubt when present. Watch out. Watch out for fear. Watch out for doubts. Watch out for that spirit, that attitude of K. Sarah. Watch out when somebody, when you begin to, when you say to yourself, well, I'm just faded. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Another thing that you need to watch out is this. Be anxious for what? How many of you know That's exactly how I have been feeling. I've been anxious. And the Lord says, Be anxious for nothing. God, I'm so anxious for for this, and so many things needs to be done. And God, the World Pentecostal Conference is just around the bend and, and all of these things gotta be, and I went and on and on and on and on. And I was getting anxious. And when you get anxious, everybody around me gets miserable. And then God gave me that word that's found in Philippians. If you will look at it, 4 and verse 6 be anxious for nothing, but in everything, what? Prayer, supplication, with what? When do you give thanks? When do you say thank you to somebody? When you receive something, right? And even before you receive, you say thank you. Especially when they say to you, "This is what I'm going to do," and when you hear that you have been, that this has been told you, what do you say? You haven't received it yet. You say what? You say thank you. How many of you know that's faith? That that person who said it will carry it out. Oh, I'm I'll, this by the end of this year you'll get a promotion. Thank you. And you anticipate it. You you believe that that person said it. It'll be done. And you say thank you. And the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing, and give thanks." That's faith. And you don't worry. Tell your neighbor, "Don't worry." Oh, you didn't say that, really. You just say it because I tell, told you. Say it like you say it. Too. Don't worry. Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five says this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Verse twenty-six. Look at the birds. Of the air. Come down with me to verse twenty eight. Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies. And then in verse twenty nine he says, Yet I say to you that even Solomon in his all his glory was not arrayed like the lilies. You read read go back and read that whole chapter. What is he saying to you? He says, listen, when faith steps in, worry gets out. When faith steps in, there's no anxiety. There's no fear. Watch out. Pastor, what are you saying to us? I am sharing with you what you heard and what you're being challenged That if we are going to have faith to believe that God is going to cause this church to be a debt-free church, then you need to know how to handle unbelief. You need to know how to handle unbelief. I close with this last last thought, and that is, without... without... Without, it is impossible. Impossible to please God. There are many that have come to me and said, Pastor, how can I please God, Pastor? I want want to please God. You know, I've done so many things that has displeased Him, but I, I want to please Him. What can I do without faith? It's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder. To them or to those that what? Diligently seek Him. Is there something in your life? That you want to see God do. Please Him today by saying, God, I'm stepping out of my boat. And God, when I step out of my boat and the boisterous wind comes, I'm not going to lose my faith. I will please you by believing. I won't sink, I won't sink, I will glorify you and your name will be glorified. Bow your heads with me please. Take the card that is in your hand, take the card that is in your hand. you may be criticized for what you're going to do you may go back and the enemy will say all kinds of negative things about what needs to be done but hold that card in your hand and say God I want to please you I want to please you God this is a divine Kairos moment I don't know how long This moment or this period will last. I don't know. But God, this morning I'm responding to the measure of faith that you give me. I want to please you, God. Hold that card in your hand, won't you? And let that measure of faith that God has given you. I don't know what measure he has measured it to you but I'm asking you be bold faith is making us bold to do what naturally normally we won't do like stepping out of the boat like saying to the dead girl arise like saying to that tree Who did not produce when it should. It's doing things. What God has put in your heart to do. God is putting it in your heart. Some of you may have made pledges. I don't know. But I, I'm, I challenge you. If you made a pledge last Sunday. And that was not an act of your measure of faith. Listen church. Listen carefully. Say, God, I want to act according to the measure of faith that you have given me. And I'm not going to allow fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, rob me of pleasing you. Can somebody say amen? Now fill that card in and say, this is what I believe. Now, we are asking you to bring that amount in by the 27th of August. You say, Pastor, why 27th of August? Won't it be wonderful if I stand up on the 21st, or 27th of August Sunday, our dedication day, and say, we are debt-free? Amen. Now, whether that happens or not, you need to do what God is saying to you. You need to do what God is saying. Whether it happens on the 27th of August or the end of the year. Do what God is challenging you to do right now. Say, by this particular time, Pastor, I will sacrifice. I will give. I will do what God has asked me to do. Father, I thank you for the way that you've been speaking and the way that you've been causing us to move. And Lord, I thank you. This is not a service to just get emotionally moved, but to hear your word and to respond in simple, intelligent obedience in faith. To Do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name sing with me this beautiful chorus only believe only believe only believe yes all things things are possible only only believe yes amen the Lord and say, Lord, I believe. Come on, lift me. card up, exercising your faith, I want you to do something else along with that, is to say, God, I'm also believing you, personally in my own life, as a Christian, how long has it been you have seen the grace, the love. The blessing of God in a way you have never seen. Maybe something you've been looking for and praying and believing. And this morning the word of God is coming to you to say, have faith. Will you say, God, I believe that this morning you will touch me and deliver me. This morning I, I'm trusting you and believing you That you will open the doors that I've been praying and asking Just as I am exercising my faith As a member, as a worshiper, as a body Of this church As I move in simple obedience God, I, I, I'm believing you for a miracle And maybe there's some of you, you've been Christians for a long time And l- hear, hear me very carefully there are things in your life if, if, if only somebody else beside you know who you really are. It'll bring shame and disgrace to you. something that you are struggling as a believer I'm asking you this morning if that is your situation will you this morning say Jesus I don't want to live this way anymore I don't want to I don't want to be this kind of a person I don't want to have this kind of a bad habit I don't want to have this kind of a character I'm ashamed as a Christian I feel ashamed that I behave this way think this way act this way live this way but pastor this morning I'm believing that God A miracle will happen and deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. I'm asking you as you sit right there say, God, I know it is your desire. As as your child, as a believer, that I change. That I be a better person. I don't have to live in shame and in disgrace. You can deliver me and change me and cause me to have victory in these problematic areas. Believe God, church. I challenge you to believe God for your personal victory in your own life. This message is not just a message for you to respond to the things the challenge that this church has but a challenge to you as an individual in your own home in the place where you work believe God say God I believe in you I believe in you heads are bowed eyes are closed each one of you making that prayer and I'm believing God with you because God God has brought us to a Kairos moment, a divine moment, a period. He wants to do some miraculous works in your life. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Shout amen. He wants to do some miraculous things in your home, in your job. Because this is a Kairos moment, period, that he wants to do. And respond in faith. Say, God, I'm believing you. I'm believing you. And I know the blood of Jesus Christ is, has the power, has the authority. I know the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary has the authority to speak to those areas in your life to set you free. The blood, and the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, and to wash you and to set you free. Believe him right now in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, be set free, be healed, body, soul, and spirit, and go in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.